Hi, this is Larry Wilson, and this is How to Talk to Humans. This is the podcast that shows you how to improve your communication skills. Are you looking to get a better job? Are you looking to find a relationship? Are you trying to do things in your life that have frustrated you and eluded you so far? I can show you so easily how to change that. Now, I can only do it with humans. If you're looking to deal with vampires or zombies, extraterrestrials, this is not the show for you. But if you're really looking to improve your communication skills, I can show you what I've learned from 40 years in show business working with the biggest celebrities and superstars in the world, and their secrets are unbelievable. What I'm going to be teaching you during the course of this podcast every week are tools that you can use to communicate toward success. I was thinking about specificity in language and how important it is. And a lot of times I think that people think I'm being a nitpicker or I'm I'm just too, I don't know, uh, they think I'm just too focused on tiny, tiny details. But I think it's really, really important if you're trying to raise your communication skills to master level. And as I'm always quick to point out on all these podcasts, you don't have to do any of the things I talk about. I just think you'll find you get so much better results if you do. So the choice is yours. I know that sometimes people don't want to do preparation or they don't want to think carefully about what it is they're going to present. But it doesn't really take a huge amount of time or effort. And when you do, the results are spectacular. And something that brought it home to me so clearly and this may be the podcast in which listeners think, oh, Larry's finally gone mad. He's gone completely insane. I, uh, I've taken to listening on uh, Sirius XM radio to the Beatles channel. And it's uh, such a lovely way to spend the day, especially if you're driving, to listen to them. It's so great. And also I'm learning all kinds of things I didn't know about they they play uh, takes of songs in development. And I don't mean to go afield here, but again, I want to point this out. You've heard me say before that writing is rewriting. And that is fundamental to master level communication. We all think that people who are great writers or great speakers just toss it off the top of their head, but they don't. Great writing has been written and rewritten again and again and again. And it was fascinating listening to some of these early takes from the studio of Beatles songs before they'd worked out exactly what they were trying to do. And I realized, oh, I made the same mistaken assumption that I accuse people of doing in every other element of communication. I thought, yeah, Beatles just got in the studio, sat down and banged out 
this great song. No, like anything else, they were writing and rewriting and refining. And as an aside, if anything I've learned is that George Martin, their producer, some kind of incredible genius that he could hear things, he could see things that what they were doing, he could guide them to do incredible works of art. And one of the things that came to mind so much, one of the songs in my life. Out of all these friends and lovers, there is no jumped out at me because, as you know, of course the Beatles are pop music and uh, that's what so many people listen to, just pop music. It's not deep, it's not complicated, it's not uh, weighty material. But there's a line, and the way they use the words, I guess it's... Uh, Forgive me if I insult Beatles fans if I say the wrong thing here. He says uh, there are all these things that he's remembering in his life that mean so much. He says, in my life, I'll love you more. And it's uh, deceptively simple. It's like, oh yeah, there's nothing to that. Well, I think there is something very, I don't know if it's conscious, I don't know if it's unconscious, but you would do very well to focus on this. He doesn't say, in my life, I will be in love with you. Or, in my life, I will fall in love with you. Or, in my life, I will feel love for you. He makes it a very specific, conscious action that he's taking. In my life, I'll love you more. And this is so different than a lot of popular cultural things in movies and books and music and songs. People talk about, oh, they're swept away by things. Well, if you're just swept away, it sort of robs you of any agency. It robs you of any kind of control. You're just sort of being buffeted about by these powerful forces of romance and love and all those other things. But when McCartney sings, in my life, I'll love you more, he's saying, it's not based on how I feel. It's not based on something out of my control. It's my conscious choice to do this specific action. In this case, love you more. And although it may seem like a very subtle or insignificant point, to me it wasn't. It, it really 
made a big impression on me. And I've always loved that song. I've loved all their songs. But listening to it, I thought, that's so smart. Because what he's talking about here is, uh, and I may, again, I may be going somewhat far afield here, but sometimes I think people feel like, oh, love is just something that comes and goes, like the weather or something. Or, I don't know, it's just, it's out of our control. Whereas I think what McCartney was saying there is, no, it's your choice of what you choose to do. And in terms of communication, I don't know if I can think of an example that's clearer or stronger than that song in my life. It, um, of course, uh, melody is incredible, and the lyrics are poetic and moving, but it's so, so clear. And I think, again, uh, I've said this uh, in other places, but what we really want is clarity. Now, what you do with it is uh, up to you. You may have some foolish idea about something you do, or you may have some very profound idea. That's really not my place to suggest what you should be doing, but particularly when people in business have things that they want to accomplish, I think clarity is so easy to achieve if you do some of this prep work, if you're willing to accept the fact that nobody, including Shakespeare, no one dashes off a first draft that's genius. It just doesn't happen that the art and the skill and the power in great communication comes in the refining process. I suppose I should try to record myself writing or typing something and show all the places I go back and highlight and erase and change words and move chunks around and then sometimes realize, no, I liked it better the way it was. All those elements. And of course, nowadays you have a, you have a great opportunity to do things with computers that we could never do in the past. We had to do, we had to actually physically type pages out on paper and then you would cut them apart with scissors and tape them up to rearrange things, to look at them. Now you have this incredible facility to be able to experiment with different versions of what you're trying to write. And I, I thought of another example I'd heard just recently that was so simple I heard a radio commercial uh, for a car wash. And as I heard it, I just thought, oh, this looked great on paper, but no one thought to record it, even a scratch track, just a demo of hearing it, they would have picked up on some meaning. It said, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember exactly, but it said something to the effect of, uh, it doesn't matter if it's a, a Yugo 
or McLaren 115. You need to keep it clean or something like that. But when you hear it on the radio, you go, it's very easy to misunderstand. We think you're saying something about you, the listener, go somewhere. Now, a second or two after you've heard it, your brain processes and goes, oh, it's referring to the car, the Yugo. But by then, the whole commercial has gone on someplace else. Then it says, or McLaren 115, uh, same problem. And I thought, oh, this is just about the worst possible thing you could do for this commercial. Because by the time you get to talking about your car wash and why it's such a great thing and people should go and use it, we're way off in some other field because you confused us. And I want to emphasize again, because I think sometimes it's not always clear what I'm getting at here. I don't think that someone hearing that couldn't figure it out. I'm sure you could. But every time the recipient of our communication has to stop to untangle what we're saying, what we've written, that's a huge disaster for us as communicators. It's interrupting the flow of communication and diminishes the power of what we're trying to get across whether it's written, whether it's spoken. And it can be avoided easily, in this case, in this radio commercial. Someone should have recorded a demo of it and thought, oh, now, as a postscript to this peculiar story, months later, I heard the same company and they changed it. It now said, it doesn't matter whether it's a Buick or a Bentley. And I thought, oh, good. Someone heard what I was thinking in my brain and changed that. Buick can only mean one thing. It's a car. So you're setting up. doesn't matter whether it's this kind of car. So probably the next word that we're going to hear is another kind of Bentley. Well, that's another kind of car. Oh, so you mean it doesn't matter if it's inexpensive car or very expensive car. Now suddenly it's much more pleasing. And... There's so many things that we say or write all the time and we may not realize because we do it all the time. We may not realize why some are more pleasing than others. There are things that are hardwired into our brains. The way things actually are, uh, for example, in our brains, uh, one, our brains are trained, I suspect, biologically for a self-preservation to detect patterns. We're supposed to be, and maybe that's so that everyone who ate those purple berries died, so we're not going to eat the purple berries. It could be as simple as that. Or it could be seeing a pattern, oh, at this time of year when it rains, you want to get out of this area because suddenly there's saber-toothed tigers or something. I, I don't know. But I do know that the remnants that are left over in our brains, our brains are always searching for patterns, whether they exist or not. 
sometimes we may be crafting those patterns uh, unconsciously. And of course, I think that's part of what makes some art so interesting, so captivating, so compelling, is that the unconscious is coming through and speaking things sometimes even the artist is not aware of. Uh, other times, of course, it's very conscious. Uh, I think of um, alliterations, where many words that we speak start with the same letter. I'm sure there's some very famous ones that don't spring to mind. But for some reason, I thought of a Crosby, Stills, and Nash song. This is turning into a musical episode here. I didn't mean for it to be, but... There's a line in some Crosby, Stills, and Nash song, Love isn't lying, it's loose in a lady who lingers. Now, whether you like that song or not, I apologize, I can't remember which song it is. I think it's off their debut album. One of the things that unconsciously we find pleasing is when we hear those kinds of alliterations. Love isn't lying, it's loose in a lady who lingers, hopelessly helping himself to her bad dream. You'll start to be aware of this if you start to think of it consciously. You'll start to see it particularly music because it makes these songs very, very appealing. And you can take advantage of this. If you're writing material, if you're an artist writing material, or if you're a business person crafting copy, videos, podcasts, interviews. We want to be careful not to lean too heavily on that if you're supposed to be speaking extemporaneously. A former vice president of the United States was very famous for using the phrase uh, nattering nabobs of negativism. And rightfully so, people made fun of him that was just a little too crafted that it had a strange sound that was a Spiro Agnew, uh, I want to say back in 1969, nattering nabobs of negativism. Yeah, somebody thought, oh, this will be great because of the alliteration. Well, in that case, it sounded a little canned, a little corny. But you can take advantage of these because they will make the message you have, particularly, uh, I've heard marketing people use this term, they say something is sticky, meaning that we retain the information. And of course, if you're involved in business, whatever our communication is, we want it to be sticky. We want it to remain with people. What have you got to Yeah.
This has been Larry Wilson. I want to thank you for spending this time with me, and I hope you found this information useful. If you're looking for more, you can find it at thewilsonmethod.com. There's a ton of stuff there. In fact, if you want, you can even speak to me because I'm human. Send me an email at info at wilsonmethod.com because I read every single one. I hope that you'll join us next week in this continuing journey and you'll be with me for the next episode of How to Talk to Humans. <laughs>